Hey, it's podcast producer Bobby Richards. And before we jump into today's episode, here is Donald Miller with some exciting news around our upcoming Coach Builder Summit that's happening February 1st and 2nd. It's the ultimate live stream for coaches, consultants, financial advisors, physical trainers, therapists, counselors. I would consider a coach anybody who sells their wisdom. Anybody who sells their knowledge and their, you know, their coaching, their ability to help you transform into somebody else based on the knowledge that they have, to me, that's a coach. At the summit, Amy Porterfield is going to be with us. Will Gadara, who's who wrote the book Unreasonable Hospitality, you know, Will started Eleven Madison Park, became the number one restaurant in the world. He is going to be with us for Coach Builder Summit and a ton of other celebrities that you're going to love hearing from. If any part of you thinks that you could pivot your career into a coaching career, you've got to attend the summit. That's all we're going to talk about all day long. Go to coachbuilder.com slash coach summit, coachbuilder.com slash coach summit. Again, if you've ever thought about building a coaching business as a side hustle that hopefully will take over your life, go to coachbuilder.com slash coach summit and sign up today. Victims flop and wait for a rescuer. Heroes get up and make happen. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Well, today I'm going to talk about new year, new goals, new you, all that stuff that you're probably choking on because everybody else is talking about it. But man, I got to throw my hat in the ring here. I want to spend an episode just talking about how I metaphorically stopped being a loser, which is where I was heading. I know that sounds very derogatory, but that's, I mean, you know, there are people who win in life and people lose in many different categories. I think in most categories I was losing and kind of what happened in my life that changed that. What I'm going to do, though, in order to get through all this stuff is I'm going to use a cheat sheet. It's the book Hero on a Mission that I released three or four years ago. I want to summarize it and just think through some of the ideas and how I've reflected on them after the book came out. But what I'm hoping that you get by the end of this experience is a new view of life. I mean, literally like a new way of looking at life that feels less burdensome, less dark, that feels more hopeful, that does not make you feel guilty or ashamed because you're not trying hard enough. And the stuff in Hero on a Mission did that for me. That's today's episode. It's coming up. You're going to be able to set some goals, get a new vision for your life. I think you're going to be happy with it. We're going to get to that in just a second. Your sales software shouldn't be a bummer. When you step inside your CRM, you should feel equipped to do your best work. And that's the magic of HubSpot Sales Hub. The new Sales Hub is designed to help you win. With an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI-powered tools that reduce your workload, closing deals is no big deal at all. Get AI-powered tools like ChatSpot that are tailor-made to help you automate steps across the sales pipeline so your teams can take back their time and spend it on the tasks that matter. Close more deals and get on track for your best Q1 yet. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at HubSpot.com slash sales. All right, here on a mission. These are my thoughts about the book, what I still think is helpful. All right, opening it up to the table of contents. I got cute. I broke it up into act one and two and act three. I kind of played on story structure there, which the book talks a lot about story structure. But act one is, you know, what does it take to experience meaning? This is all Viktor Frankl's stuff. And Viktor Frankl saved my life when I read a book called Man's Search for Meaning. 
Uh, he was a clinical psychologist out of Vienna. And, you know, I open up with these characters, the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide, these four characters that we find in every story. And all four of them exist, not because they exist in the world, but because they exist in us. That inside of you is a person who's tempted to see themselves as a victim, a person who is tempted to become a villain, a person who wants to live as a hero, and a person who eventually must transition and transform into a guide to help other people or they won't experience meaning. Let me break that down because it's it's arguably the most important concept in the book. In fact, I've even thought about writing a book only about victim mentality because I think victim mentality is the number one worst thing that can happen to you. If you see yourself as a victim, you are literally doomed, doomed, doomed. You will not succeed in life because you will live according to that identity. And so when you say, gosh, I'm screwed, you know, uh, I got treated unjustly here, or I was bullied, all that sort of stuff, you get into this mindset of life is dark and you behave in such a way to prove yourself right. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I remember the beginning of the shift out of victim mentality. I share the story in the book. What I regret not sharing is what my life looked like as I lived as a victim and the reason I got into a little bit in the book, the reason I lived as a victim. I lived and thought of myself as a victim for the most part all through my early 20s. I mean, from my teens, childhood, all that. It was a defense mechanism. My dad split when I was a kid. I was probably two. He was a basketball coach and left my mom. He tried for a little bit to stay in touch. I remember a trash bag full of toys that he went to a toy store and bought. None of them were wrapped. They were just a trash bag full of toys. Maybe they were wrapped. I can't remember. Left on our door. I remember that as like a four-year-old. Mom worked in an oil refinery as a secretary and worked very hard hours, came home exhausted. Just recently, we were helping my wife's baby sister. She has an 11-year-old sister. She's 40, but she has a baby sister. We're helping with her homework. And it occurred to me that my mother helped us with our homework one time, all the way through elementary school, junior high, high school, all that. I remember one time she helped us with a test. And it's not because she didn't love us. It was because she was exhausted just making enough money to feed us, to be brutally honest, and didn't have the support of a husband or the help of a husband there. And so we you know, kind of grew up in that environment where there wasn't a lot of help. So what ended up happening was I made terrible grades, learned that sugar could make you feel good, and ended up you know, 300 plus pounds in high school with straight Ds and Fs. Uh, should not have graduated from high school. A guidance counselor rigged the books to get me through graduation, literally rigged the books, changed grades in order to help me graduate because I, I should not have graduated. Now, I'm making excuses. I'll just be honest with you. you know, people say, well, you didn't have the discipline to do it right, or you know, there's people in that situation who are you know, wired to do it right. I didn't know about discipline. I know that sounds crazy if you learned it early. I didn't know about it. And so my life reflected that. What I found is that like getting somebody to change your grades and getting somebody to stop bullying you and getting attention from a girl that you liked, the way that I did that was to flop and be a victim. You know, poor me as you can probably hear overtones in the last few minutes, poor me. And, and it worked. It was effective. And I remember after having moved to Portland, Oregon in my early 20s, but I remember doing that victim thing, looking in the mirror. And it was like a epiphany from God that you aren't attractive because you see yourself as a loser and girls don't like that. 
I mean, maybe the nurturing type like it, but they only like it because it gives them a feeling of meaning taking care of you. They're not actually attracted to you. Girls like winners, people who are competent and who are disciplined and can make things of themselves. And it was an epiphany, and it might have been from God. I don't know, because I don't know where the heck it came from after 20 years. It was immediate for me. And I remember thinking, well, if you just like made something of yourself and worked hard, you would get the attention that you're trying to get by playing a victim. In other words, I was trying to do the same thing, get attention. I just switched, switched methodology. I was trying to get charity and resources and nurturing by playing the victim. And then I literally just went, well, what if you did that this way? Maybe it would work better. And immediately I no longer saw myself as a victim. Isn't that fascinating? That people will stay in victim mentality, or at least I, let me just keep it on me. I stayed in victim mentality because it got me something. It, there was a reward mechanism there that was, yes, perverted and dark, but it was there. And when I realized, well, I can get more reward not doing that, I switched. And it's one of the reasons that I worry about folks who uh, are stuck in victim mentality because it's not going to get what you want. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you can actually get what you want by setting some goals and conquering some areas of your life. And I, I say all this because I want you to know if you do have a victim mentality, I get it. I understand. I totally understand. What I would ask for you to consider is maybe what you're actually doing is trying to manipulate yourself and others. I, I really mean that. Just consider it for a second. Are you using this identity of a victim in order to get out of something, in order to cop out, in order to make excuses? And are you doing it in order to get other people to leave you alone and lower the bar in your life? Just consider it. I'm, I'm not saying you're doing because I don't know you, but because that's what I began to consider. And then that dopamine hit that you get from playing the victim, what if I could tell you that you can get more dopamine doing something else? That's what I'm getting at because it was true for me in a major way. Now, I'll also be honest with you. It wasn't immediate. I mean, immediately, I re it's like the lights went on and I saw what I was doing because I didn't know I was being manipulative, manipulating myself or others. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that. And suddenly, I became aware of it. And that was life-changing, absolutely life-changing. Every human being has within them the ability to excel at the highest level in some field, in some field, and you've got it too. And if you're scared to find out you don't have it, one way to get around it is to play the victim because, you know, now you got excuses. Just, I mean, just think, just consider it. I will say this. Here's what's in it for you. People are extremely attracted to people who try. You don't even have to win. You don't even have to win, for crying out loud. You just have to try. And if you lose, by the way, and you have a great attitude about it, you say, well, that's weird. I lost. It's, hey, everybody, look, this winner just lost. That's crazy, right? Let's go. Let's try it again. And they're even more attractive. <laughs> You're even more attractive. So if you want to attract real resources, you know, Take ownership and agency of your life. Another story about this transition, because that started happening. That, by the way, is when my writing career started. A seed got planted in my brain that said you could write a book. That would not have happened. Victims don't write books. They don't. They can't get them done. But that seed got planted there, and I started writing and uh, have a great career as a writer today because of that. One other thing that happened, though, is in my writing career, I had like an agent and a manager and publishers, and 
I kind of outsourced the direction that my career would go because uh, because I couldn't be my own agent and I couldn't be my own manager and all that kind of stuff. And ended up making an investment that fell through. I had a book on the New York Times for 42 consecutive weeks. I put all the money into my house. I sold my house. I was going to buy another house. That house fell through. So I had money. I had uh, half a million dollars or something like that. And I was sitting there with half a million dollars and I didn't have a house to buy with it. And so I put it into a short-term investment and lost every dollar, every single dollar. This was right about the time I started dating my wife, by the way. And that was a secondary wake-up call that kind of is in this same theme. And that wake-up call was, even though you don't see yourself as a victim anymore, or as much anymore, because everybody feels like they're a victim from time to time, maybe because you are, but you've got to take complete and total agency of your life. You have to, have to accept agency of everything that happens to you. If something in your life fails, it's your fault. Well, I got screwed by this guy. It's not my fault. I got screwed by this guy. Well, it's your fault because you didn't see that that guy could be the sort of person who could screw you or trick you. And now you know. DTC Pod hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. DTC Pod is a podcast about all things direct to consumer. Ramon and Blaine cover everything for starting, growing, and optimizing e-commerce stores and DTC brands. They talk with founders, marketers, platforms, creators, and marketing and growth agencies, covering topics like brand building, social media, influencer marketing, website conversion, the list goes on and on. So if you're interested in the stories behind your favorite consumer brands, you need to listen to this podcast. In fact, in episode 299 titled Build a Better Brand with the Ultimate Shopify Accelerator, Ben Scharf, co-founder of Platter, a storefront accelerator for Shopify brands, covers how to streamline a brand's Shopify experience to drive and increase conversion all without bankrupting your business or confusing your customers. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. If you are a business owner, you probably have very ambitious goals for your business this year. And if you want to accomplish your goals, you can't just make things up as you go. You need a plan. In Small Business Flight School, you'll get a step-by-step -step plan for each key part of your business, along with comprehensive training and weekly coaching so you can feel confident you are getting it right. And when you join Flight School by Friday, January 19th, you'll get a free one-hour website review with a marketing expert that I have personally trained and certified. They are going to help you fix what isn't working on your website and give you actionable tips to generate more leads and convert more customers. So head into the new year with a website that works and a clear plan to grow your business. Go to smallbusinessflightschool.com and join today. And now back to the show. Here's the great thing about accepting agency of your life. Win, lose, draw, your fault. You think that what you're doing is owning a bunch of negativity, but that's not what you're doing. You're not owning a bunch of negativity. You're owning control. Because listen, if something bad happens to me and I can somehow see that as my fault, I get to control it. Does that make sense? I now have control over that dynamic in my life. If somebody tricks me into investing and I lose that amount of money and I say, that person screwed me, who has the agency in my life? That person has the agency in my life. But if I say, I cannot believe I fell for that, 
I should have seen that coming, and I fell for it, and I will never fall for it again. And I make it as much my fault. That's not to say don't seek justice. I'm not saying that. But I got to make it my fault as much as possible because now I control my future. So don't think of this as like not pointing blame where blame belongs. Think of it more of like you getting as much control of your life as you can. That's the foundation for a meaningful life. You can't do it. If somebody else has the agency in your life, has control of your life, is dictating the direction, you cannot live a meaningful existence. You cannot have that fulfillment that meaning has. You can't. You can be inspired by watching somebody else do it, but you got to do it yourself in order to experience it. All right, Act 2, that, by the way, is six chapters. I just summarized six chapters. Act 2 is um, making a plan and owning it. And I start Act 2 with this exercise, write your eulogy. But sit down and write what you want said about you after you die. Summarize what your life has meant, what you've accomplished, the relationships that you've had. In other words, cast a vision for the way this thing is going to look when you're done. Almost like writing a screenplay and then stepping into the story and living it. That's what you're doing when you write that eulogy. But I get into how to do it, how to write your eulogy. And what that has done for me, because I have done that, is it's given me a constant vision that I've looked forward to. Some of you know that when I was in high school, I wrote down a vision statement based on an exercise that somebody came to my church youth group and gave us. And um, the exercise is like, write down everything you want to do with your life. And I literally wrote down, I want to go to live in Oregon, and I want to be a New York Times bestselling author, I want to be a millionaire, all this kind of stuff. And we were supposed to give that note to a friend in the youth group. I think we pulled names out of hats, and I, I handed mine to Sandy. And Sandy called me when I was 35 and said, Don, I found this letter. You've done all this. In fact, you live in Oregon. I was living in Texas at the time. And you've, you've got a New York Times bestselling book, and you've you know, I'm guessing you probably are wealthy. I don't think actually I was a millionaire at the time, so I don't know if I nailed that part. But there's something about writing down a vision that makes you subconsciously head toward it. And I don't know what that is, but that's what that exercise is really about. And then I get into a lot of characteristics about how to get more things done. Let me give you this exercise because I, I promised you some practical tools on setting goals. It's actually not just one eulogy. That's not the only vision casting exercise. There's also your, your, you write your eulogy, and then you write your 10-year vision based on your eulogy, and then you write your five-year vision, and then you write your one-year vision. And, you know, it's the normal categories, career, health, family, friends, spiritual, all that stuff is in that exercise. So if you're going to do this without reading the book, don't just write your eulogy. Write your eulogy, then write your 10-year vision, your five-year vision, and your one-year vision. Those four documents will change your life. I live on 15 acres with our dream home and an event space in the backyard that looks like a restaurant and a guest house up on top of a hill. I live that today, and 10 years ago, I established that vision, and we did not have enough money for the land. We did not have enough money for the house. We didn't have enough money for the furniture, for crying out loud, but I established that vision. And because of that vision, and by the way, that that is used every single week to raise money, recharge people, meet with, I mean, I'm about to, you know, we met with Republicans and Democratic leaders talking about how to come together. That's what I dreamed about. I remember dreaming about that and didn't have the money for it. But when you actually put that subconscious vision, it's, it's not magic, but you start realizing you're going to need more money. And so you kind of go do this deal and this deal, and you work a little harder to do this thing in order to make the money to pay for the land, to pay for the building. 
things just kind of start happening and come into play and you start walking through the correct doors because they, you know, that that door goes in the direction that I want to go. And that eulogy, 10-year, five-year, and one-year vision have been foundational for me, totally foundational. And then as it relates to goal setting within those visions, you know, if you want to make enough money to buy something that you need, you might say, okay, well, you know, I need half a million dollars. And in order to get that half a million dollars, what you want, you need a habit that you can do every day that leads you to get the half a million dollars. And so my goal is half a million dollars, and I'm going to make five sales calls a day for a product that I created in order to get the half a million dollars. To me, that's what goal setting is. It's saying, here's the goal, and here's the habit that I'm going to do every single day to achieve the goal. And you got to put a goal with a habit, or it won't work. And then the goal itself has to fit under the vision. So the vision is we're going to have this property and it's going to recharge people and we're going to use it to bring warring fractions together to talk through their conflict. That's the vision. That's going to cost millions of dollars. So now I need the money and I'm going to write a book a year and create a product a year that people can buy if they read the book in order to get the money. And the habit that I'm creating is at 7 a.m., these days 8 a.m., I'm going to sit down at this table at this coffee shop and create content that can go into a book that people will read, that they will then want to buy a product that they will give me money for, that I will then turn around with the money and buy this land and then invite Republicans and Democrats together to come talk. That's how it's ha- That's how it works. That's how it works. Uh, everything else is just a wish. Everything else is just a wish. Now, isn't that amazing that like until I was in my early 20s, maybe even mid-20s, I mean, none of that would have occurred to me. None of it. None, none of that, like you can cast a vision for your life or you can go get things. Victims flop and wait for a rescuer. Heroes get up and make happen because they believe they can. And I believe you can. And I say, you know, I say this to you because I hope that you have the kind of transformational experience I've had in my life. It's been amazing. I love my wife. I love my child. I love the house that we get to live in. I love the company that I get to own. It's just so much more fun trying and occasionally winning than it is not trying because you've accepted the identity of a victim. I hope this new year that you experience that kind of transformation. I hope that you catch yourself. By the way, here's how you do it. You catch yourself thinking of yourself as a victim and don't shame yourself. Villains shame. Villains. If you are shaming yourself for being a victim, you are acting as the villain, which, by the way, is worse than the victim. (laughs) We we do a whole podcast episode on that. Rather, the way to actually effectively change is just to be self-aware. So just say, hey, you're doing the thing where you act like a victim. You're not going to get anything out of that. And that's it. Don't go any further. Don't shame yourself. And what you'll find is that by just being self-aware, your behavior begins to automatically change. And you begin to act more like the hero in your life, accepting agency and casting a vision, setting goals within that vision, and disciplining yourself to execute on habits that make that vision come true. All right. I hope this was helpful. If you know anybody who you'd like to talk to about this, send them this episode and uh, get together and say, hey, man, can we just talk? I got a group of guys that we go fishing with every year. I go fishing with every year. And they, I love these guys. We call ourselves the lions because we're cheesy and stupid. And these are the sort of conversations we love to have. In fact, I'm getting together with them this weekend and probably going to talk about victim mentality a little bit. And maybe you can too. Maybe you can send this to some friends and say, let's talk about this, man, because I think he might be onto something. Uh, I hope I am. It's been true for me. I hope it can be true for you. 
Life is just too awesome. The opportunities are too awesome to waste in victim mentality. Don't do it. Be the hero of your story. Make something cool happen. All right. It's the uh, end of every episode, and uh, I want to give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways that you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. And today's plan of action is grab the audio version of Hero on a Mission, listen to it, and complete the assignments. That's it. Uh, That book summarizes everything that we just talked about. But if you actually want to take the practical steps so that you've done these assignments, the eulogy, 10-year, five-year, one-year vision, goal-setting worksheets, if you subscribe to Audible, it's one credit. It's one credit. And by the way, whenever we meet, just walked out of a coffee shop this morning. A couple was from Florida. And uh, they stopped and said, I can't believe this. We literally came here because we heard you right here. And we got a little selfie. When we meet, say, Don, I listened to that episode on the podcast. And I have transitioned from victim mentality, hero mentality. And you and I are going to have a really great conversation because I want to know about it. I want to know what happened. All right. Love you. And uh, I wish you the best. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we are obsessed with helping you grow yourself and your small business. See you next week.